Q-U-A-Y is uh, pronounced T. The Star Wars saga began, and Kenner continues the excitement. Star Wars figure. The Empire Strikes Back turns with Jedi. Welcome to the Star Wars Collector's Archive podcast. It's the Cast. Newest news on the oldest toys, from bubble bath to belt buckles. 12 packs to 2 packs. New boss, Alien Bounty Hunter. From the Star Wars collection. Watch out, watch out! We bring the world of vintage Star Wars memorabilia alive with informative features and personal collecting stories. Offer expires December 31st, 1979. Sky and Steve walk the plank with Weequay this month and discuss his Don Post mask, his connection to Moby Dick, his cardback image, his original nameplate, his Blue Harvest faux prototypes, phototypes? And his original fate. Phidias Barrios joins to talk about his amazing run of our favorite sandy-wrinkled noble sailor of the Dune Sea. And he fights with Tommy, Money Train, Garvey in a spectacular market watch. Enjoy more Garvey action as Katie's brother explains the newest feature on the archive, the Community Digest. Plus, we end up talking about some old toy stores in Kentucky, and Sky says at least three objectively inflammatory things that are probably wrong. On this month's episode of Steve's Vintage Toys Collecting the Archive with Sky and People. And Stephen B. Denley. Wampa Wampa. Welcome to Kivecast 89. So what is our, our figure of the month, Steve? Uh, Weequay. Yeah, you weren't too too keen on him by the end of the last main episode. You didn't seem too excited, but I'm, I'm hoping that I'll change your mind by, by the you end of You know what, Steve? I am flipping the script on you. Oh. I've already changed. I've already decided okay. that I love Weequay. All right, good, I, good. That's I did good some to research today, and, and I thought yeah. about it. And I just realized I, I can't even pretend to do the thing of where halfway through I go, you know what? This character is kind of cool. This isn't like Klaatu, okay? Klaatu yeah, is just yeah. lame. I'm never going to like Klaatu. I'm never going to like Nikta That's, or yeah. Barada. All three of those are losers. Right. Weequay is absolutely awesome. Um, yeah. yeah. All right. For, for reasons which will, will become interesting. Now, you sent me your, your outline. I have a whole bunch of things to say. You have some things good, to say. Good. Um, yes. What do you mean when you say Weequay's true name, dot, dot, dot? <laughs> um, all right. So something that's always kind of bugged me with, with, uh, like later Star Wars naming conventions is, is the need to give every character a specific name for that individual. Right. And it gets really weird with Return of the Jedi characters because a, the, the names that they're giving like Weequay, Nikto, blah, blah, those ones are kind of obscure and strange. Whereas, like, they still go with Squidhead in the same line. So, the like, just trying to decide which way you're going is, is kind of muddy. And with Weequay, I figured out that that's a species and not not an actual name for that character. Yes. Um, so that's the first part. And, and where that came from was, uh, you know, the, the character of Queequeg and, and Moby Dick, which I guess kind of makes sense visually. They kind of both have the braided hair and are pretty tough looking guys. Um, oh, oh, that that's cute. You thought that it was going to stop there. Uh, no, 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 it's not going to stop you, there. You thought you could just mention, <laughs> you could just mention Moby Dick and we, we just, just go skating on by. No, no, Steve? See, 
I, I knew I knew that that, that was going to come back around. But, okay, because uh, you know I'm just sitting here. But, just but, I cannot wait to talk about Melville. Okay, yes. Yeah, I knew I knew we were going to get to that. But um, anyway, so the, the specific Queequeg that is represented by the vintage figure, <laughs> he was known as Queequeg Number Two <laughs> during production. Really. And, so this uh, is the one that's on yeah, the card yeah. back. So, they so have, if you can't picture yeah, the, the vintage right. Kenner card back, it's an image of Weequay, and he's holding onto his spear. And right. it's kind of yeah. like a low angle, and he's on the skiff, and he's kind of a yeah. nice silhouette. Yeah. And so this yeah, is Queequeg number out, two. Yeah. Right, right. And that image from the card back is used in a lot of places. It's in lobby cards. Uh, I feel like it's even – it's in one of those weird – pocket calendars that we talked about way back i mean it's used everywhere and uh um what's what was really funny to me sometimes i'll do this just out of curiosity i'll see if there's some funny or stupid like now canonized name for these characters (laughs) and he did he did get officially named uh i think like five years ago and uh i just uh, there's just so many things wrong with this his name now is pagetti rook so like spaghetti without the s, rook, and all I could think of is Forrest Whitaker just saying, spaghetti. Rook. <laughs> <laughs> it's just so silly, and I I don't know. I mean, spaghetti. I, I just don't know what to say to that. Spaghetti. P a g e t t i. Yeah. No, he's just weak way. <laughs> he's just weak way, right? Yeah. Okay. Good. <laughs> um. So yeah, back to back to Moby Dick. I, I, before you go on your on your uh essay yes. i will say that like my dad is probably still completely obsessed with the the 1956 john houston really? movie and he literally forced us as children to watch that at least once a year growing up i've, I've never seen <laughs> and, i've never uh, seen the movie you, really yeah I, i'm sure i haven't seen it in years but when we were kids he would literally yeah force us to try and watch it and I would always fall asleep within five minutes and then wake up for when the whale is killing everybody. Right. So that's that was my whole memory. But uh, yeah, I have to. You should you should revisit it. I'm sure it's interesting now. Um, all this time later. But all right, all right. So I've set up your your Melville. <laughs> well, okay. So I mean, first of all, I I've never. I mean, I read Moby Dick as a book on tape, um, and mm, okay. uh, I used to be really afraid of flying. And uh, I used to live in L.A., and I, my goal was to be yeah, like the right. dude just without the drugs. Um, so I didn't really <laughs> yeah. have a job. I didn't really do anything. And whenever I'd have to go back to Boston, I'd just drive home, right? Um, yeah, so that way you could keep, keep the bathroom yes, too, right? Yeah. But you didn't... <laughs> um, so so that, was how I, that was how I did it. Um, okay. And – that was that was fun because I would go to the library and I would get books on tape, right? And I would just get and the idea would be you want to get a book on tape that that's like interesting but not you know, that's engaging but not stupid, smart but not impossible. And I can tell you Moby right. Dick is the perfect book for going across the country. Um oh, you know, there's passages where right. you're just like I get it. There's a whale. I mean, there's like literally I, the entire state of Nebraska was nothing other than just the whale, the whale, the whale. Describe, describing. But the it's whale. an amazing book. And Queequeg is maybe the most interesting character. So, yeah, so, you know, yeah. Ismael is the famous character, the famous narrator. The protagonist. Um, yeah. And right. Queequeg is this guy he runs into in the very beginning. Mm-hmm. And right. Melville had him as a, from a place called Rokovoko. Rook, which is a, a fictional huh. Polynesian island. 
And okay. uh, as Melville says, it's not down on any map. True places never are. Um, which I think is kind of an interesting idea. Um, and he's like this cannibal. Right. But yeah. he's actually a prince from his own land. So Right. Yeah, yeah. He's noble. Right. He's, he's like a regal guy. Presence, right. yeah. And so I, this gets me fascinated because it makes me think, if we just assume that Weequay, the toy, that this is his story, <laughs> that he's actually yeah. a prince among Weequay. I, I like that. Yeah. And in a way, he's kind of like Luke. Like he sets out for adventure. That's what Queequeg is like. He he sets out for adventure and <laughs> he runs into everybody. Um, and yeah. the question is, is the Sarlacc Moby Dick? <laughs> right. And that's the thing is that it doesn't. It all kind of falls apart when we get there. Yeah. So he right. goes from a future king to a harpooner, but he's like a great harpooner. Um, again, yeah. another quote from Melville: "They made a harpooner of him, and that barbed iron was in lieu of a scepter now." Um, so he's this really great character, completely tattooed. Like his face is, is yeah, totally right. tattooed, and he's got this crazy hair. Absolutely, hundred percent the influence on Weequay. Although I looked it up, Steve, and as far as I can tell, the character was named Queequeg by the cast, mm. not by Kenner. Uh, right, right. Yeah, it was it was during the production of the of the movie. Yeah, they had the they had a couple of those guys with those kind of masks. I think there's at least one other one on the skiff, and there's some others. And yeah, so he was that was like the the filming filming name for him. Right, right. and and yeah. so. That's just interesting because we're going to get into Skiffguard versus Weequay later. Yeah, um, right. And then the, the final quote that makes me love – so basically Weequay is like the great American novel Star Wars toy. That's the way we can think about him. <laughs> um, ah, I like that. Uh, yeah, and, and the line – what happens is you know, Queequeg and, and Ishmael almost kill each other. It's right in the yeah. beginning too. I mean it's the first you know, 15 yeah, chapters. Yeah, you, you don't have to get too far. Right. I mean his story is interesting later. And then they, they sleep together, like in the same bed. And like they wake up. Like the bunk. Yeah, and it's right, kind yeah. of like very affectionate. It's like this really funny moment. And here's this great thing of like overcoming the tribalism and the, the, the fraternity of the waves and all that. And they go off and they have all these adventures together. Um, and Ishmael says one of his more famous lines, better to sleep with a sober cannibal than a drunken Christian. And... Uh, <laughs> And I, something about that is is a, a beautiful line about all this kind of relativism and the fact that he is yeah, a cannibal yeah. and he is this dangerous uh, character who is at the same yeah, right. time noble. So yeah, at the right. same while I did not like Klaatu Nikto Barada because I thought it was the first example of fan service. Um, I don't mm -hmm, think this mm -hmm. is. I think this is actually just making a background character seem more interesting. What, what do you think? Yeah, Steve? no, I agree that the I think so too. Yeah, we I think we talked about that the Klaatu episode. That was definitely more. This, this is a, a to me. This means more. I think. Um, yeah, and there's more of like a visual connection to um, clearly. And, and I'm gonna show this in the in the enhanced version and on the podcast and all that. There are images of Queequeg on the Pequod, which is the name of the ship, that exactly yeah, right. mirror this cardback art. I mean the same the same really? angle, and he's holding on to a spear. I mean that's the thing. Weequay is huh. actually holding on to a spear, just like Queequay. Yeah, yeah. Is. 
So it's right. And, and he's on this skiff and it makes this interesting thing where you realize that the, the sands of Tatooine are actually like the ocean. And I've, mm -hmm. I've always sort of thought about the sail barge as being like a boat, but not really. Like yeah, right. this really yeah. it becomes clear how much it's like a boat. It's like this weird inverse. And like you said, the Sarlacc is like a kraken in a way. Um, right. Yeah. And yeah. wait a minute. The Clash of the Titans had come out before that. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So maybe Lucas was ripping off. No, no. Um, <laughs> so yeah, that's that's another way. Oh, Steve, you want to hear a hot take? Yeah. <laughs> sure. The 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 Jabba sail barge that Hasbro is trying to make. Oh yeah, so yeah. I've been getting like fifty emails a day about this thing. People saying, "Sky, what do you think? <laughs> Isn't this great?" <laughs> Good. I haven't gotten any. I'm, yeah. I'm glad that they're going to yeah, you. Yeah. It's no. It's stupid. It's. It's not worth $500, okay? Take $500 and buy a good Star Wars toy, buy Lego. Hasbro doesn't make good toys anymore, okay? Okay, the, the Black Series, they have a couple okay things, and the lightsabers are okay, but $500 because you really wanted a skiff, a barge when you were a kid. Just save your money. It's, it's just not that cool, everybody. It's just not. Anyway, my controversial opinions. Ooh, second controversial opinion, Steve. Oh. Uh. All right. Actually, all right. that's not true. I, I am. I am. It is too bad that Toys R Us is going out of business. Yeah, yeah. It's that's one of those things where I didn't really have one around growing up so much. No, you um, didn't. Santa Barbara didn't have Toys R Us. Yeah, but it. But it's, you know, I, I call it, you know, the the nostal big fish nostalgia, where we yeah, ha we have nostalgia yeah. for the companies that ate the companies that we actually liked. <laughs> Um, right. Yeah. So there was Belmont Toys, which I liked in Belmont, and then Toys R Us moved into mm -hmm. Cambridge, and that just ate up Belmont Toys, and 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 now right. Toys R Us yeah. is leaving, and I f I feel terrible about that, um, but I don't know. It's it's not that great, but I, I do have a fair amount of good memories with it. And the main problem is is that I would go to Midnight Madness with my kids. Yeah. And they yeah, gave yeah. out the exclusive posters, and my son is right. like anxious because. <laughs> you know, he has the Kylo Ren one. He has the Gorilla Walkers one. And he was just waiting for the, the episode nine one to come out. And now it will never be made. Uh, uh, man, that is so a bummer. In, in that way, I'm, I'm, I'm sad about it. But whatever, we're, we're yeah. vintage collectors. So we don't need to spend that much time on <laughs> Toys R Us or sail barges. There's so much vintage exploitation, Steve. We can't even keep up, you know? No, it's, it's really uh, it's ramping up. Again, I feel like I feel like we're in like a second wave of it almost. Because I don't even I don't um, even write it down for the show, Steve. There was Walmart <laughs> released an ottoman. Yeah, that's right. It was covered. Yeah. It had the the vintage character, the vintage figures on yeah, it. Yeah, it? it did. And and there's yeah. like a uh, a new calendar that came out. That's all vintage mm -hmm. figures. Yeah, and aren't there some like uh, enam enamel pins that are shaped like the vintage figures yes. coming out that are like officially licensed yes. things that seem very like celebration swaggish, but now they're they're official. And there were these weird cups made for Valentine's Day with vintage figures. That's right. That's right. I forgot about those. So yeah. I think it's safe to it's... say that the vintage exploitation is now completely mainstreamed, and I, and we're going to see more and more the representations of the Kenner toys as just being representations of Star Wars. Like it's going to slowly replace yeah, yeah. the stock drawings that we have of Harrison Ford and, and Darth right. Vader. And this is going to be good for our collecting, Steve. 
Yeah, I mean it's it is weird to see, but um, it's it's good in a way yeah. too. So you see, I was able to move past. That wasn't too long on Quay, was it? <laughs> no, no, that was that was. Uh, I feel like that was pretty concise. Well, it, it got me excited <laughs> because it reminded me how much I love that book. I, I need to reread it, and and yeah. it's and it's like you said, it, it makes this character interesting. Another thing, Steve. Yeah. Another kind of hot take that goes against something I've said in the past. Um. <laughs> I was kind of an idiot for being so against rebels because <laughs> so you, you've turned around on that. Well, let too? me tell you how spoiled yeah. do you have to be for there to be even a passable TV show that has Mandalorians and Jedi and stormtroopers and star destroyers and just be like, it's not as good as the last one like that. You know, like, how spoiled are we getting yeah. as Star Wars fans? Yeah, it's it's true. Um, it's it's true. I, I think, yeah, I, I I mean, I never got completely invested in it, but I will say that, um, just like you said, if you, you really do kind of take it for granted, it's, especially now that it's over. And, you know? and so we, we just watched the last season. We missed like a season and a half in there. Um, but the kids yeah. and I watched the last season and we totally loved it. And it reminded me of something that they do that the new movies don't do, which is give okay. respect to Rick Baker's aliens and give respect <laughs> yeah. to, you know, yeah. the Tippet monsters. It's like, it's so frustrating. And we've talked about it before, The Last Jedi and Force Awakens. Okay, I'm yeah, glad they're yeah. not all hammerheads and walrus manses, but how come there's none? <laughs> so, yeah, at least, uh, at least you did have a. Uh... Uh, an Akbar guy and, and Rogue One, but that's like the farthest that they've they've gone with yeah. it. You know, that's that's that, it. That's it. And and in in Rebels, they f forget it, man. Every chance they get, you know, they they have the the character Hondo from Clone Wars. Who, right, he's a, he's, he's a weak, a weak way, way, and right? he's awesome, and he's one of the best new characters they created. And his si his I, sidekick yeah. in Rebels, Steve, is this Ugnot. Right. Yeah, yeah. And my kids, every time he's on screen, they jump up and scream because you know they love pigs. You know they're vegetarians. They they don't eat meat because of pigs in Minecraft. It's a whole story. Um, oh, but man. all of a sudden, <laughs> just watching this these last couple episodes, it made me like Ugnots more. It made me like Weequay more. And Rebels, <laughs> I think, is going to help over the long term make sure that some of these perhaps forgotten aliens that are being forgotten in, by the next generation because of these new movies will stay in the consciousness, not just from the yeah. original trilogy, yeah. but because I could see being a little kid liking Hondo because he's like, sometimes he's good, sometimes he's bad, what is he? And then deciding I'm going to collect vintage figures and being like, Oh look, Weequay. That's like uh, that's what Hondo was. This is like collecting Hondo, right, but for right. old guys. Oh, and I'm also going to pick up some Ugnaughts too. So yeah, yeah, no, it's it's true. I mean, they really are kind of uh, compensating for for the lack of representation in the in the movies. It's it is really neat to see. Yeah, it. and especially the Ugnaughts. Oh my God, that little guy is so cute. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I I I think it's better this way. I mean, I don't. I never intentionally changed my mind on a character halfway through the through the episode. Um, yeah, and I swear to God, if I. Next month is Squidhead, Steve. And if I change yep, my mind on Squidhead yep. or, or reuse, you'll really know there's something wrong with me because I hate those figures. <laughs> oh, uh, this will be my struggle for the next <laughs> few episodes, just trying to, <laughs> trying to, to defend. Uh... Yeah, 
the characters it's you like hate. episode 100 yeah. is like Riggies. I'm going to quit the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I think you're safe. I don't know if it's going to land on a milestone, yeah. but <laughs> yeah. Um, oh, man. Let's see. I like having fun, Steve. Uh, this has been fun, but why don't you tell us, uh, do you have, uh, well, I mean, I don't think there's anything we necessarily need to say about the figure right now. We'll talk about the figure later. Yeah. And we'll, we'll get to it. Right. Um, but what do you have to say about a, a script to flip? And I play a really stupid drop that goes like this. It's getting really, really hot in here. Flip the script. Flip the script. All right. So um, we had mentioned that uh, that uh, the whole thing with the, the Sarlacc being the, the whale and all that kind of falls apart, you know, at that point. But uh, in, in the draft of the script uh the revised draft from 1981 um the first part where you know the way you know this character from is, is kind of prodding luke to off the gangplank right so he's there uh he's pushing luke off and in, in that early version luke doesn't have his lightsaber at all he's just unarmed really uh there's no lightsaber in the picture whatsoever and so he does his little double flip uh and he uses the force to steal a gun from one of the other guys and start shooting the other skiff guards and it just uh this will kind of make sense in a second but weakway or the guy who's kind of prodding him off the the plank he uh, is described as losing his balance and falling into the sarlacc's mouth and what i realized is that when you go back and actually watch the movie uh pagetti rook or weakway too he just kind of weak way too. He just kind of disappears. His fate is a mystery. You, you, uh, um, yeah. So like, I watched it again. Like, what, what the hell happened to him? And sure enough, like, you see every other guy who's on that skiff eventually end up falling out into the pit. But all you see of of Queequeg too is him kind of just standing confusedly on the plank in this really long, you know, that long shot of Luke just slashing at right. everybody. You just kind of see him standing there, and then that's it. You never see him again. And uh, I just thought that was really funny. Like he must have survived. Weequay lives. Like you know, doesn't doesn't Queequeg survive in the end, or do they all die? I can't remember. Oh golly. Well, let's not spoil it. Uh, let's not spoil it. Anyway. But but we know um, that Queequeg two lives. <laughs> yes. There's no on-screen death for for Queequeg two, and yeah, the one of the editors of the movie had said that. That whole sequence was just a real pain in the butt to put together. And I think uh, it was Dwayne Dunham, who was one editor, and then Sean Barton was another. And then even George, they were all three working on it um, to try and put it together and make sense of it. And they kind of they kind of forgot about <laughs> Queequeg, too. Uh, much gibberish, but they forgot about Queequeg. Yeah, that's, that is really cool because now, Steve, I can finally write my fan fiction um, mm-hmm. about – about Queequeg too, about Weequay. Yeah. And does he go back to being a prince? And, well, maybe he goes back to, be, the... or maybe he ends up like going on another adventure to sort of try and like avenge himself or or, or be on the right <laughs> side of things. I mean, we don't know if he's good or bad, right? He's just on this. Yeah, job. yeah. We don't. He's just this guy, right? Do you have some uh, some poetry? I, I do, Steve. I've I've thought about right. this, and uh, <laughs> I was writing it today, and my son looked over at the computer. And he's like, "You're writing a skyku about Weequay." Like, yes, I am. The Dune Sea Sailor. Weequay guards skiff above waves. Wrinkles filled with sand. (laughs) 
And he does have a wrinkly face, doesn't he? Does. He does, and that's what sort of replaced the tattoos on the on on his Yeah. You know, they took right. Quig's tattoos and just made him super wrinkly. Um but I just yeah. like the idea of him uh, I actually spent a lot of time on, on this guy coup. Uh, just calling him the Dune Sea Sailor, I I yeah. I, I think is nice. And then the uh, yeah. Weequay guard skiff above waves, wrinkles filled with sand, and just that's the nature of this character, wrinkled, you know, wrinkles full of sand. I can imagine him on one of these little ships traveling over the sand for, for months and months. Um, mm-hmm. So that's my, uh, that's my Sky Q. Beautiful. I think yeah. I'm finally yeah. sort of getting back. I forget who it is who sent us all of the sound drops that we lost. Um, but he oh. sent us all the sound drops and then I said thanks yeah. and then I forgot to download them. And then last month I emailed him again and said, "Hey, could you send me the sound drops?" And then I forgot to download them and it expired again. Oh, Sky! <laughs> Listen, okay, I. Uh, <sighs> well, the good thing is they're they're safe. They're safe, and and we'll 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 give him a, a full a full uh, hooray. I actually realize what I'm doing right now. I have my copy of Kellerman out, and I I'm actually. <laughs> I have my my water glass just on top of the Kellerman, um, and I realize I get I get uh, a lot of fights on Facebook with newer collectors who are like, Kellerman's not that great. That's really four hundred dollars. Like, there's a book by Belomo that's like just as good. And it's only fifty dollars, and like you can get it right now. Um, and I just that's a new voice for you. I don't think I've heard that good. one before. It's not it's not good. Yeah. It's not funny. Um, yeah. But uh, yeah, and I just. Kellerman is absolutely worth $400. Don't buy it if you don't want to, but definitely if you're thinking about pulling the trigger on that Jabba's barge and you don't have a copy of Kellerman, get a copy of Kellerman instead. It it truly is a good enough of a book. You are going to hear us talk to Tommy Gardner. Was originally going to be the the third chair on this show, even was one of the, probably the first person I thought of as a permanent co-host. Um, and yet we've never had him on the show without having four other people on. Um, so, so we're going to have him on to talk about what he's doing on the archive because he is doing great stuff on the archive. Um, but uh, let's hear from him on the other side of this uh, universe. What? This is going to be fascinating, Steve, because yeah. listeners to episode number 89, the real episode number 89, have just heard me say, okay, we're going to talk to Tommy now. In, in real time, we just talked to his sister for 20 minutes about nail polish, which was our April Fool's joke. Um, but Tommy's phone is absolutely terrible, and it kept on breaking. And so the whole that thing is not my phone. That is like, your phone. It's not my phone. Right, Lando. <laughs> it's like an entire hour of us <laughs> basically just talking about nothing. And if you listen to the April Fool's show, you know what it is. I got to my slap happy phase, so I need to just buck up. I need to freshen up and remember that we're back on the Kivecast. We're not going to talk about nail polish anymore. We're going to talk about Weequay, and we're going to talk about the Star Wars Collector's Archive because one, Tommy S.J.W. Garvey Money is doing an amazing job, and we want him to talk about it. So what have you been up to, Tommy? 
Well, Yehuda and I have started a regular blog feature called the Star Wars Community Digest, where uh, we look at all the different groups and forums around the internet, we review them every week, and then we do an article of our findings, where we're, we're sort of like soap opera digest, but without all the cases of amnesia. You know, we, we catch you up to date on what's going on. We provide links so that you can join those conversations, and we're trying to partner with all the different groups and forums so we can bridge the gaps between them and make sure that everyone can follow everything in the hobby like they used to be able to do on Usenet and uh, Rebel Scum. Right. So we're, you know, Tommy is, is famous in the hobby, or at least he was when it was possible to be famous in the hobby for anything other than owning a bunch of toys. Um, for being somebody who cataloged the hobby. So if the history, you, yeah. Yeah, the history. If you're ever thinking like, oh, was there ever a Rebel Scum thread about this? If it exists, Tommy has it. Um, so is, how has it, been, how's it been going? How has the digest been going? It's been going really well. Uh, we're getting uh, a lot of uh, admins and moderators writing us and saying that they want to participate. And a lot of people have written to Yehuda and I and say how much they appreciate what we're doing because, I mean, people, there are so many groups and forums now that people just can't stay up to date on it. So if someone else is going to do it for you, I think a lot of people like that. They like to just every week, every Sunday, they can go on there. They can read the summaries of what's going on. And then if they want to join in those conversations, they can. But if they don't feel like joining in, at least they have a basic understanding of what's going on. Now, yeah, I have a question for you. I kind of you. think of it as like the, the Sunday newspaper of the hobby. These yeah, days. that's what we're going for. That's, yeah. that's what we wanted. Our, the little, the little uh, the banner for it I created is all the Imperials like sitting around reading newspapers and <laughs> having a meeting. But here's a question for you, Tommy. What happens if the threads get erased? Then we cry. <laughs> okay, so, so you're not actually cataloging no. them. We are, we are saving the synopses and the pictures of the thread on the archive. Right. But nice. we, okay. do not, we do not have the capacity to save the entire Facebook thread on the archive. Like, the, Facebook just is not set up that way. Yeah. So we are partnering with those groups and we are trusting them not to erase that thread because we can't there's nothing we can do like we we could if we took a screen grab of every page of every thread i guess we could do that but no one's ever going to read that right okay so yeah. so let's let's go as an example okay let's imagine that somebody uh you know, let's imagine that we're doing the weekway episode and that there was some collector who two years ago came in and got super hot and bought all the weekways he possibly could and had like a crazy picture, kind of like the one from last week with Special Lady with the commandos, with like mm. 20 different uh, weekway cardbacks with coin offers on them, right? And, and I, just yes. wanted, I just wanted that picture and I couldn't find it because I didn't remember the name of the guy and he sold off his whole collection. In theory, I'd be able to go to your digest and it would be not necessarily the whole conversation and I couldn't join in anymore because the guy left, but I would at least have a picture, even if it's kind of grainy and far away, of the conversation. Is that right? 
Yes, the, the, okay. the first post in every thread is saved. So if he posted a picture of his run, like we have pictures of like uh, the the inflatable lightsaber display we talked about. We talked about um, the, the, the coin find and the Power of the Force coin group that may or may not be legit. We have pictures of that. We have... We have a picture of the first post, and then um, a lot of the groups now have rules about deleting your threads. That if you if you do it, they will essentially suspend you. Um, and I, I definitely encourage that because I'm all about like archiving this information. Wow. And this is awesome, Tommy. Something something like you're describing, you can actually just search for that on the group. Like Facebook has a search feature. It's just people don't ever use it because it's hard. But you can find any post in any group you want or anything that you've posted, just so long as it's not a reply. Facebook's not good at that. But if it's mm. a main post, if someone posted, this is my collection of WeQuay stuff, all you have to do is type in WeQuay in the search bar on Facebook, not even in any group. Like if you don't know what group it's from, just type in WeQuay, hit enter. It'll come up with the search results. On the left-hand side of the screen, it'll say search in posts you've made or your friends and groups. If you hit your friends and groups, it'll show you every WeQuay post in every group you belong to. Huh. So that would that's an excellent way to find stuff if you don't know even who posted it. Right, but yeah. For the purposes of the uh community digest yes we would save that picture that's awesome well that's that's really exciting and i think because a lot of what we've been doing in the last year steve or two years really is just learning to get along and love facebook you know just and it's really actually (laughs) mainly because you i mean you don't care about anything because you're such a snob steve but like (laughs) yehuda convinced me to be a facebook guy and now i'm like super facebook guy um and but always the problem was how do you save it and this is destroying the hobby and old folks like us saying like you can't save anything and none of it's archived well now we are and and not just we but like tommy effing garvey is doing it you know like (laughs) the guy who does it is doing it so stop complaining and start participating in these conversations yeah, I, mean, I was just thinking too it's like uh this is so much so much better than uh, our old like you know monthly news segment on the on the podcast like this is it's so right on top of it i mean it's like impossible to keep up these days and this is yeah it's such a good like point of reference um, yeah, we're, we're encouraging people in those groups to if they see a thread that they think should be uh, archived in that manner or talked about in the community digest to tag either Yehuda and I and bring it to our attention because I, mean, I think we're doing I think there are 16 or 17 different groups who are participating now and that's a whole lot of threads every day for us to go through so sometimes we may miss something but if people tag us and tell us like this is really important you guys should talk about this that helps us out a lot. All right. Um, well, uh, before we get to the next thing that Tommy uh, is going to talk about, what are your feelings on Weequay, Tommy? Uh, I was never a huge fan of the, the Jabba henchman figures. I think when I started collecting, they were the cheapest figures you could buy, and I think they still are. I, yeah. I was never a huge fan of them. Well, we're going to be testing that later, later, Tommy, when you and I go mano a teto with the uh, market watch. 
Oh, joy. The, yes. the last time I bought a Wii Quiet, I think it was $15 carded, so this should be interesting. <laughs> <laughs> With the lower-end items, it might just be like 30 You know, it might not be quite as much. Um, I think... I think the only Wii item, I have a engineering pilot for the Micro Machines Wii Mini Head. Oh, I have yeah. A carded, I have a carded Wii Mini Head on an engineering pilot card. That's the awesome. only Wii thing I can think of off the top of my head that I own. Yeah, you know, I think Steve and I have been talking about it for a while, about doing non-vintage stuff uh, on the Kivecast, like things that we find interesting. Um, you know, like we've been talking about doing a Lego cast for a long time. And I think doing a, a Micro Machines thing with Tommy would be fun. Um, yeah. Especially because yeah. I think I can actually hear him right now. Um, <laughs> so it sounds pretty good. It's not it's not the underwater uh, Tommy. So that that's good. Okay. So what's... That was not my fault. That was your fault. It's not my fault. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Definitely. Because we're on the same thing, doing the exact same thing that we were doing before, except it works, and you changed something. So that must be our fault. I had three out of four bars. Like, That's not good, fun. Tommy. That was you. Okay. Um, so what, what is the Daily Archive uh, spotlight, Tommy? Uh, the, the SWA Archive Spotlight, every day I go through the thousands of items on the Star Wars Collector's Archive and just choose one to spotlight for the community uh it can be something incredibly rare like a wax sculpt of a figure or it can be something that just is odd and weird like unlicensed ceramic items just however i'm feeling that day that's awesome so that's kind of like the nugget from the archive oh, yeah, idea. I, I, we totally ripped you off yeah <laughs> just we're stealing your thunder but but you're not because we no. are us. Yeah, <laughs> we changed the name. It, it's more marketable our way. The ar the archive spotlight. Yep. The daily archive spotlight. You think that sounds better than the nugget from the archive? That's cool. Hey, what's your song by the way? That's what I thought. Um, but <laughs> I I I like it because I mean all, all this stuff is like I don't know, Steve. Is this now archive three Because I think we've I think we've crossed that threshold. Yeah. Right, because I mean, really, Steve. You know, it was, we we tried to push forth the archive 2.0 three or four years ago, um, where the blog was created, and the blog totally works, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like the blog is great. We got people writing. It's going. Like, I, okay, we should just be a little bit happy about that. That the blog works, and and now this happened, and it didn't have to happen with a big upheaval and everything. So I. The archive is really, you know, this is Star Wars Collectors Archive podcast, and there there was a while where it felt like we weren't that connected to the archive, and that the archive wasn't doing much. But now we can't even keep up with the archive. All right, so Steve, we're also going to be talking to Phidias. Um, I don't know if we should try to patch him in now. Should we? Should we just do some of the usual features with Tommy without Phidias? Because Tommy is always just roped into uh, group group talks and round tables. Um, but I think <laughs> one extra person isn't, that doesn't negate your, your specialness. Does it Tommy? Poor Tommy. Yeah. 
about. All right, so we are here with Phidias. Uh, I was not able to leave, well, Bruce was not able to leave a voicemail for him. Um, but that's okay. It can't happen every time. And we're still here with Tommy. Tommy, who's a little bit spurned because he always feels like he has to share the spotlight with somebody else. Um, do, do you hate Phidias as well, Tommy? I am just counting down the days until Bruce just takes him for everything he's got. Like Bruce is going to go in there and just steal everything. Yes. Just will finally <laughs> win. That. But Phidias, you, if I have him, you, you said Wiki. What do you? Why? What's wrong with you? Yeah. 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 Well, if you uh, Q Q U A Y is uh, pronounced key. So if it's, wouldn't that be Wiki then? Because that's the last four letters of his name. Okay, maybe. All right, now this is interesting. I mean, you, you were on with us when we discovered the whole, you know, Asian security guard thing. But because it's... Yeah, that too. Because yeah, yeah. it's tied in to Moby Dick and the character Queequeg, that's that's what stops me. Otherwise, I'd be totally on board with you calling him Wiki. Wiki? Wiki? Oh, that's like that... Yeah, there's a stupid road in Toronto that's called the Queen's Quai, but they call it the Queen's Quai. Um... And and they just laugh at you if you call it the Queen's Quai, because um, that's how it's spelled. What, what's what's your vote, uh, Steve? Is it uh, Weequay or Weeki? I don't know. I mean, I, I the, the the connection to Queequeg is so strong for me. It's it's tough. But... What's your vote, Tommy? <laughs> uh, I'm gonna go with common usage. I'm gonna stick with Weequay until until I'm proven wrong by episode nine. Yes. <laughs> Well, it's actually it's it's said in Rebels, Weequay. It's it's said a couple times in Rebels. But that being said, Phidias, you are the focus collector, so you you get to say it. So you've shared images with your focus. How do, how have you built up your focus of uh, of uh, Wiki stuff over the years, Phidias? Jeez. Uh, well, it wasn't even. I have to be honest. You know, I don't even really like him as a character. <laughs> <laughs> it was probably I know this is probably going to be a terrible interview um, it was more because uh, I originally just really liked hard copies and uh, the first uh, I guess figure out uh, pre-production piece I was able to get for him was a, a painted hard copy from, from Tracy Hamilton uh, and uh, he he had though like he had a pretty comprehensive figure run for it I think it's on the archive uh-huh. of, mm-hmm. yeah uh, yeah, and um, he, uh, I guess he sold it off. Like he, uh, all the other pieces in that run, he sold them to other people, and he kept the hard copy. And uh, a few years ago, he just, uh, when I was still like getting a bunch of hard copies, he, he sold. He just, you know, I guess he contacted me one day and just uh, offered it to me, and uh, I ended up with the hard copy first, and uh, and then somehow down the road, uh, all the other pieces that went to other people. I was somehow, I was just kind of like at the right place at the right time for some of those pieces. I guess uh, they, they all ended up back with me, like uh, the proto mold and uh, the, the uh, head pull piece. And um, and uh, and then I was able to add a few extra pieces to it myself, like a, like a photo sample figure. And um, But yeah, that's how I ended up with the, uh, the run. I was just putting it together mostly because uh, I liked... Uh, yeah, just because of the uh, hard copy that I got first, that was kind of like the keystone piece that kind of started started everything. So, do do you like it now? 
Yeah, you know what? I have I would have to say that about a lot of the characters. It's I I think more um a lot of the runs that I have for some figures the they probably became my favorite character as an adult as I uh, right. as I put together the uh, runs. I probably had, I didn't really have a favorite figure as a kid actually. I you know um it was more of a yeah, I I, I guess you could say I, I grew to I grew to like some of these characters like like wiki and uh some other ones right well we're going to be talking to you in a couple of months for bib fortuna um yeah because you you are the you're the you're the bib guy i didn't even know you had a wiki run going <laughs> i like calling him wiki now i, I gotta admit steve calling him wiki is kind of fun. Like, wiki wiki <laughs> <laughs> so I, this is where it starts <laughs> It's vintage. All right, so uh, Steve, I am interested to know what our esteemed guest, Tommy, our number one guest, Phidias, you are like not even like in the top five <laughs> guests this month, okay? Just because Tommy has to feel special. He's number I one, do. two, three, it's all and four. About me. Yeah, you the remember? reason why I read so many threads is because I'm just skimming for my name. Like <laughs> yes. if I, I'm looking for my name, and if I see my name, I stop and I read it. And if I don't, well, <laughs> keep going. So, Tommy, what you being somebody who loves spreading information and knowledge, what do you think we should highlight in Phidias's amazing Wiki Wiki collection? The Blue Harvest piece. So I don't remember what is Blue Harvest. So what is a Blue Harvest? Uh, prototype piece first of all tommy describe what it looks like no phidias describe what it looks like and then tommy describe what it is yeah well obviously it's blue but it was from right to well uh tommy can confirm it or not uh but it's the um from the early 90s where some uh apparently some rogue kenner employees mm. had some uh some silicone molds for some of the figures and uh they decided to just cast some uh some some figures and they were uh, mostly were they mostly Jedi characters, possibly, but um, but they cast a bunch of them: uh, legs, arms, torsos. Uh, not a lot of complete figures, though, just like parts. And then, uh, it, and then they got sold at some uh, shows, and uh, and then eventually, uh, what was the main tell that? Uh, Kenner didn't use uh, blue urethane in the uh, 70s and 80s. It was okay. uh, either Carbolon or Dynacast. So that was kind of like the telltale, you know, the red flag. Okay, so then these sculptors had the silicone molds. molds. Okay, so yeah. they had the molds. And so, like this example here, this is uh, a wiki. And it looks like a hard copy. You know, it's a fairly detailed... Uh, just the torso and the head and his long, luxurious hair. Um, but it's in blue. And that was just because they used the wrong material. Okay, so then does that mean the silicone molds exist and are out there? Yeah. Yep, but you they, know did it, they did it one time. They might have gotten destroyed uh, when the morgue got cleared out. Like a lot of that stuff oh, well, was supposed possibly, to get yeah, thrown into the shredder. Okay, so then these these guys 
just did this just once? Like they just made fake hard copies just once in the 90s? Is that right, Tommy? Yeah, I think it was I think it was for a couple years. They were doing it just on their own hours, um just using the the modern uh, blue material, but Kenner didn't start using that material until I think 89. So, yeah, then once collectors caught on, it sort of um, the market for them dried up. But if you look in the old uh, Tomart guides and stuff like that, you can see that for a while people thought that they were legit. And I used to see them at toy shows uh, back in the early 90s where people would have a micro uh, collection four up shot in blue and they'd have them in their case. And, uh, yeah, it was they were they got out there. I think the. They made a they made a bunch of them. I don't know if they had like some sort of assembly line at night going. Just like every Thursday, you and I will come in here and we'll pour some hard copies to make some extra cash. But they they spread out. And do, do we know the names of the people who actually did it? There it is known, but I don't know it offhand because collectors don't talk about it. It's just something you can get them to say in casual conversation. But I don't think there's any thread or officially it's unknown i mean is it like some of the heroes that we look up to who actually made these things were also trying to rip us off which by the way i would think is hilarious i wouldn't (laughs) i wouldn't even be upset i would just think it's funny i know i'm supposed to be uptight about that stuff um but i guess that's a possibility hey probably i i think they were it would have to be someone who was still there in the early 90s though right and and it should be pointed out that they are since they are products of the original silicon mold just like an actual hard copy would be that they're still collectible i mean they still have value for a while they were seen as fakes and no one wanted them but then people started to realize you know this is this is still a copy of the original sculpt it was just made 10 years later but it's still cool i mean it's still it's still a hard copy. It just wasn't used in production, and it was made to defraud collectors. But it's still a—it's literally a hard copy of the original sculpt. So, especially in cases where there are no hard copies of certain figures or micro collection figures, uh, Blue Harvest stuff is the only option if you want something from that stage. So, collectors uh, over the past ten years or so have really started to to yeah. give those yeah, right. a lot more value than they once had. So what do you think cost more? Uh, what, do you th- what do you think would cost more? Like a an authentic hard copy in 2000 or a Blue Harvest hard copy now? Blue Harvest now, yeah. I should say. Because yeah. <laughs> what were authentic yeah, hard copies yeah. going for in 2000, Phidias? In 2000? Um... They were probably still. I remember the the first hard copy I got was in because I, I, I started pretty late in the game. I the first hard copy I got was in two thousand and six, and I paid like two thousand dollars for it in two thousand and six. Mm-hmm. So um, if it's two thousand, uh, maybe like a thousand or less. Yeah, I think I think Nyheisel yeah. was selling the ATST driver for I want to say twelve. Yeah. And I think Wicked yeah. was nine, and I think yep, Anakin yep. was like eighteen hundred or something. It was just, 
at the time you yeah. could buy the hard copy of Anakin cheaper than you could buy a carded Power of the Force Anakin. Like it was wow. ridiculous. There's um, there's that's, an old that's why we that have like Tommy on here. That's that's good information. Okay, sorry, what was that, Phineas? Oh yeah, um, there's a old post on Rebel Scum I like pulling up once in a while. It's in the classifieds by Tom Cham- uh, by Chamberlain, uh-huh. and he's uh, selling a, Re- a, ha- a hard copy uh, Rebel Commander, and I think he was asking seven hundred dollars. And this is like, uh, and this is like early, like early two thousands. So right. that's, that was like a typical asking price in in nineteen ninety. I want to say six, maybe. I turned down a bib hard copy for three hundred and fifty dollars. <laughs> wow. Well, and and Phidias probably has that. But you have to he tune in, in 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 three months. So then, what would a Blue Harvest uh, wiki? Uh, what would this go for if Phidias decided to sell it? And not what would you sell it for, but what what what, what would its fair market value be? Uh, Fifteen hundred dollars. Okay, that's know. just. just a guess. Yeah, good to know. What really interests me in your collection, Phidias, uh, obviously is the stuff you haven't mentioned, the proofs and the chromolins. Um, what Steve wanted to be the vintage vocab, I think Blue Harvest is good for vintage vocab because his vintage vocab was Skiffguard, which I don't think really needs to be explained, but it is part of the wiki history. Uh, Tommy, what, what does it mean when you say Skiffguard? Skiffguard is the name found on some early proofs of Wiki. Uh, I... Wh- why? Uh, maybe Kenner originally intended him to be like an army builder figure, right? Yeah. Like like Gamorrean Guard. He was just going to be a generic figure that you could have bought multiples of instead of being like an individual unique character. Figure, weren't they? Weren't they going to do like a Wiki and a Skiffguard? Looking at your collection, uh, Phidias, you have a couple of skiff guard items. Um, my fate. So, okay, so you have the the revenge black and white mock up, and we've talked about those in the past. Um, I forget which episode, but that doesn't really matter. But then you have this proof card that has Wikoi written in red pen next to skiff guard. What's the story with that? Oh yeah, that's that's actually a piece I just got pretty relatively recently, maybe last year. Uh, yeah, it was just a, another collector that just knew I had stuff for him, and uh, he had a proof that yeah, that's that, that was the main reason I got it. It just has it has the the name written next to the nameplate, and uh, and that was just someone at Kenner wrote, wrote that or or what? Yeah, yeah, it was. Uh, I, I get maybe it's kind of a I guess you can kind kind of call it a transition piece. Maybe they were you know from being a skiff guard to changing it to to wiki, uh, and uh, that's it. Yeah, uh, just a red red marker. And and are there oh, any are there any wiki proofs of the of the original? You know, like you know that's a, that's a. That's an excellent question. I've always, I don't think I've seen one um, that actually has his name on it as a proof card. One dollar flicks. Market watch. We're going to have a wiki market watch where it's going to be uh, Tommy who's the greatest archivist in the history of the hobby, 
Phidias, who has the greatest focus collection of Wiki, and me, the all-time world champion never defeated king of the Market Watch game. So we're yep. going to see how it goes. You guys know how this works. I hope you do. You have to have a pencil yep. out and a piece of paper, and you have to write down the prices you think. Okay, yes. What is the first one, Steve? All right. So up first, this is this is from Brisbane, Brisbane. He's uh, coming through again. Um, so first up, we have a carded 65A graded AFA 85. Okay, so this All is right. the day. This is the debut of Wiki. Was on a 65A yep. back, which has, of course, right. the blacked out Ewoks on the back, and it's an AFA mm-hmm. 85. Now, AFA 85 mm-hmm. is what people who collect grades. That is their minimum. That is the thing. If you collect grades, that's what you'd like. Is the bubble yellowed? Um, it looks like it's slightly starting to yellow. Yeah, but it's not a Y grade. Uh, as far as I can see, I don't think it, it graded that way, no. Okay. I will say that it does not seem that wikis tend to yellow, um, which is funny because there's, 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 there's... some nice ones on here. <laughs> you know, is Weequay the only figure that has the letter Y in it? Reeve. <laughs> oh, I guess it's not. Right. Right, Reeve, guys, it's your ploy to... to, to save off the... you got to give your answer here. Oh, i got to give my answer. Oh, I always have Low to go gray. first. That, that's where I, where I lose. Okay, low gray. Okay, Obi-Wan Kenobi. All right. Um, I am going to say, in honor of the Los Angeles Olympics, because Phidias is from Los Angeles, I'm going to say $198.04. Okay. No, 40 cents. 40 cents. Okay. All what right. Did you say? 198 and- yeah, but you can't you yeah. can't go based on what I said. No, I just to... I missed that part. I missed... God, you okay. cheat. I'm totally <laughs> cheating. You cheat, Katie. All right, Phidias, Phidias, what do you got? What's your what's your guess? AFA eighty five. Uh, I wrote yeah. four hundred dollars. Four hundred. Okay. And Tommy. Yeah. Two fifty. Two fifty. Mm. Three hundred. So Tommy. Go. Tommy wins it. Gets point number one. <laughs> wow. Okay, so Steve, we should it's then good, say that it's a good feeling then, be the best there ever was. I mean, yeah, it is true. It's the, it's the first round, the first round I've ever lost, much less the whole game. <laughs> Steve, okay, Steve, we should make a new rule where the person who wins the last one has to go first on the next one. Oh, good. Ah, word. all right. Right. Because right. if it's always me going first, then ev- then everyone else just always cheats, and that's why I always win, but <laughs> somehow don't manage to win. Okay. All right. All right so Tommy's going to go first on this one then, okay? Yes. All right. So up next, we have a 77A uh, that's also graded an AFA 85. And this one, the bubble looks a lot clearer compared to that last one. Oh, you are bedeviling me, Steve. That is a bedeviling. <laughs> that's just you bedeviling. That's all I can say. $215. All right, so Tommy's got two fifteen. All right, guy. Oh my God, I hadn't written it out yet, but I was going to write down two hundred and fifty. So two hundred fifty. Yes. Okay. All right, Phidias, what do you think? I wrote two seventy five. Four hundred and ninety nine dollars. What? Yeah, that makes sense. Oh man. (laughs) So Phidias gets that one. Well, now we've all won one. Okay, <laughs> five hundred bucks for a wiki. 
Yep. Okay. That's that's correct. <laughs> Speechless. All right. Um, you ready for the next one? Yes. Okay. So the next we have a seventy-seven uh, B. So this has the Anakin sticker offer, but it also has a coin offer, and it is not graded. Um, Condition-wise, it's here. It's uh, not bad, but like another bubble is fairly clear compared to most Jedi figures. It's got uh, some price stickers on there. Um, otherwise, it looks pretty good. Is it punched? Uh, it is punched. Okay, one second. I haven't, right. I haven't, I haven't written it down yet. Uh, right, so Vidius is going to have to go first, right, by your new rule? Yeah, although, I mean, it shouldn't matter except that everyone cheats <laughs> but me. Um, okay, I've officially written it down. All right, all right. We'll just go back to the, the, the old format. All right, Sky, what do you got? No, 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 because Phidias is going to cheat. <laughs> no, I already okay, got I wrote my. I wrote mine down already. I got it. Okay. okay. Phidias, right. what'd you write? What do you have, Phidias? Did Tommy write his down? Yes. <laughs> wrote it? Okay. All right. Uh, $110. Hundred and ten. Okay. I see one seventy five. Oh, go ahead. Tommy says one seventy five. Okay. And, and Sky. I, I wrote hundred and eight thirty three. Bingo, Sky. Forty two dollars all the way down. <laughs> from four hundred and ninety nine to forty two. <laughs> wow. Yeah. For a double <laughs> offer too. Yeah, double offer. Um looks looks pretty nice. I mean this is the the madness that is the grades, I guess, right? So, good lord. Okay. Yeah, because that so we have a three-way tie here. <laughs> we do. Wow, I've I've never I've never not been leading by five points going into the last round. This right. is crazy. How <laughs> many still more got rounds? A, do we a have? couple more rounds. A couple okay. more rounds. We got three more items here. Um, all right. So up next we have. Let's see. Okay. So the next one we have a carded. 65B, but this has the Japanese Sakuda sticker on the back. Uh, this one is not graded, so let me look at the condition to kind of give you an idea. Um, it's in. It looks like it's in pretty good shape. Um, let's see here. Where did it go? There it is. Sorry, guys. One second. Um, okay, so this one uh, it is unpunched. It's got a yellowing bubble but not awful um and it has a price sticker on the front and then yeah it has the Sakuda japanese sticker on the back okay i'll have to go first again this time yeah you have I, to go first because i demolished you <laughs> destroyed you guys this humiliation all right uh okay I said 144.42. Okay. Um, Phidias, what about you? The 210. 210, okay. And Tommy? Uh, 300. 300. Oh, guy, your ego is just going to get inflated here. 62. So another bargain <laughs> compared to what you guys were, were putting down. <laughs> A Sakuda sticker. I mean, those aren't that. Those aren't that easy to find. I mean, no. Yeah. No? So yeah, sixty-two bucks. They're beautiful. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> wow. 
And right. I guessed yeah. 144. Wow. You get I was I was going insurance value is the thing. That's why I was so yes. far. Ah. <laughs> ah, okay. You see, and and I said 144 because 44 is the number of the greatest Los Angeles Laker of all time. So there you go. <laughs> and who would that be, Phidias? Left-handed Laker number 44, Jerry. No, the bet. There you go. That's right. That's West, West, West Virginia, of course, which is why he's. Uh, my dad has the little uh, McFarlane Jerry West uh, toy on top of his, uh, um, like mantle, and I'm always, it always annoys me because he's a Laker. But he's a Mountaineer first. Okay. <laughs> All right. Now that I have so, a dominating lead that is un- insurmountable, what's next? Right. It's completely insurmountable. Um, okay. So up next we have a uh, this is the bagged figure. It's the ESB D style. So what that means, it's uh, heat sealed with a crisp plastic. ESB. And that, that's about all you really need to You said ESB, though? Yeah, see, this is one of those weird things where, like, the, the baggy designation that, that Bill uh, Wills had come together with or come up with, uh, some of those, the even though it might be for a different figure from a different line, the style of baggy, I guess, can kind of cross lines so this one is apparently an esb d style so all that means is that it's got kenner in uh kind of like a plain text and i'm trying to see what the country is this picture's a little small um anyway it's it's a bagged weekway or wiki i don't know how many different variations there are for him specifically but uh that's what this one is and heat sealed sealed. Uh, yes heat sealed top in the bottom (laughs) crisp plastic it's crispy It's not a cloudy? Okay. No. Oh, boy. He sounds like he knows what he's doing, Tommy. (laughs) He's got the recipe for... This is his field, man. This is... All right, Scott, you gotta gotta go again. Okay. Well, then, I am going to go with two... No, 300, and then the number of the second best Laker of all time. Uh, which of course is 13 and then the third best Laker of all time 22 cents 313 and 22 cents yes okay all right uh, let me go with Tommy what do you got Tommy uh, I don't know 75 <laughs> okay and Phidias uh, 120 120 this one goes to Tommy. $32. A steal. <laughs> what? <laughs> what is up with Wiki, man? He's all over the place. All over the place. This is thing. Yeah, I thought. <laughs> I think three the legitimately. Yeah. Like the Pop 2 Weekway is the only figure that is worth like a ton of money. The freeze frame Pop 2 Weekway is yeah. at the height yeah, of Pop 2. <laughs> yes, that is the only truly valuable Pop 2 thing. Yes. I actually thought about getting one of those once because it it's seems his revenge. Like... Yeah. All right. So we have uh, Phidias, let's see, can come back yeah. and uh, and tie it here. We have a three-way tie Ooh. with a sudden death extra item or it could be Sky or Tommy depending on, on who gets closest here. Um, you ready? Yes. Yeah. The next possibly last item we have is a, a loose Polish third-generation bootleg. Um, 
He's uh, got <laughs> it's really hard to just, you know really give you much on this other than he's got a bright red shirt, some white pants, some blue gloves, and uh, brown boots. Wow, I don't. Know. I have no idea what the Polish bootleg market is. <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a tough one to pin down. So, uh, All right, well, Tommy, Tom, Tommy you go got? first. Uh, hundred dollars. Hundred, okay. Uh, Sky, who you got? Jamal Wilkes. <laughs> oh, see, what what was his number again? Uh, I can't remember. Fifty-two. 52. Okay. Yep. And uh, Phidias. Bob McAdoo. <laughs> oh, what was McAdoo's number? Look it up, Steve. We don't have time. <laughs> I thought you were a fan, Steve. Hi, this is Chris G. If you're like me, then you think the market watch goes on too long. <laughs> uh, clutch. Clutch, Tommy. That was good. Uh God, what is McAdoo's number? I can't remember. He is not Hello? telling you. No, see, I'm, I'm like, we're all like, I'm so scared of the call getting dropped. Here we go, Bob McAdoo. <laughs> ah, eleven? <laughs> what? Eleven? Yeah, I'm not good with the. I'm just guessing really low because I, because I don't know what the market is for. Bootleg. All right. Well, guy takes it fifty-two, oh. and it was sixty. Oh. <laughs> Wait a minute! Did I win? You won legitimately. <laughs> I've never won a game of the Market Watch. <laughs> this is amazing. I mean, I've never lost, yeah. but I've also never won. Wow. <laughs> this is you know we've yeah. gone through a lot, Steve. We've been recording this episode for well over three hours, and I think we got. 22 minutes of usable footage but it's all worth it so. for this moment it all pays off yeah it does well, wow. you have that it. is you have it. that is great so yeah i mean this this is one of those figures where there was some wacky stuff and and then some some really low or not really low but like reasonable stuff it's just crazy yeah so there you have wonderful. it awesome well Steve, you and I will record the rest of the episode next week, but we need to say goodbye to uh, one Phidias J. Barrios and one uh, Tommy CIA Garvey. That's right. All right, Steve. All right. All right, Tommy. Bye. Night. Tonight I'm all alone in my room. I'll go insane. If you won't sleep with me, I'll still be with you. I'm going to meet you on the ice. Dark at night, the eyes be plain, or I'll go insane. Well, I don't see you, and it's getting dark. Today, we should have gone to a central park. Well, don't you want to see me ever again? If not, I'll meet you on the astral plane. So in the last couple of weeks, Steve, there's been some some new news in the vintage world. So why don't you uh, you're you're kind of driving this part of the show. So so tell us about it, Steve. Well, so there's two things I thought were were pretty pretty cool. Um, 
The first, uh, I don't know if you saw this, it was probably a week or so ago, a week or two, there was uh, a really, really early fan film that surfaced. Um, it's called The Imperial Strike Back. It was made by 10-year-olds in, like, over the course of two years, 77 and 78, and uh, it is awesome. It's, like, 21 minutes long, and uh, it's, like, fully produced and everything, and uh, they actually have a lot of the vintage toys in there. Yeah, you know, I uh, I watched it, Steve, <laughs> and uh, I think it's bogus. <laughs> I think it's bogus. Yeah, I don't buy it. It's it's too clean. It, it's too clean. It's too good. <laughs> it's too much exactly what you want, and the vintage toys are in there. Um, I, I think I think we're dealing with like uh, alien autopsy levels of uh, of subterfuge here. <laughs> Um, conspiracy yeah which by the way i did rent <laughs> alien autopsy back in the day at blockbuster um and <laughs> of i course you did. i was like actually like well wait what i mean what if it is real i mean this is what an alien autopsy would look like um <laughs> so i'm not basing that on anything else other than just i don't know it okay <laughs> eh, i don't know it it seems too good to me <laughs> all right well I don't know. I guess check it out for yourself. I think I I'd seen this through um, Tom Burgess site. Uh, I grew up Star Wars, but yes. um, the site yeah. which you know, Steve, that's one of the most popular uh, Star Wars websites in in the world. Um, <laughs> and I believe his first interview was on the Kivecast, like episode number two. Yeah, no, it was it was within the first few for sure. Yeah. Um, I I don't know because Steve and I were talking about this earlier. We just don't listen to our early episodes. No, <laughs> no, 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 no. Remember when it was like a big deal that we talked to anybody else? <laughs> we weren't just sitting at your your dining room table, yeah. sharing one microphone. <laughs> yeah, it was a big deal. So anyway, uh, I, I don't mean to rain on the parade, but uh, this this <laughs> to me, I think it's bogus. But uh, that, that'll be that'll be my take. But the next story, okay. Steve, is not bogus. Tell us about that. No. Uh, okay, so the next one, it's uh, it's a great blog post on the SWCA blog by Kevin Lentz, who uh, he's from the Kentucky area. He, he's a big part of the Kentucky uh, Star Wars Club, Star Wars Collectors Club. And uh, he had a, a post on there just, I think, like within the last few days uh, that uh, was sharing this kind of period news article from, what was the newspaper? It was the... Uh, One second. The oh, here we go, the Louis, Louisville Courier Journal. So it's from May twenty fifth, nineteen seventy eight. So that's a year after the movie's been out. And uh, what's really awesome about this, and he he highlights it in the blog post, but you get a lot of perspective from like store clerks and store managers from Louisville. Like it's you don't see that very much. Like people getting quoted about how things are going at their particular store and how crazy the, the kids are for Star Wars. Um, and uh, I, I don't know, I just thought seeing that really kind of local detail was, was fun, and it was something that was definitely worth highlighting. Now, this is something which, for our purposes, this is actually more interesting than that video, even if that video was real. Yeah, yeah. Uh, right. Even if that you know, Stranger Things Super 8 knockoff video is real. Um, <laughs> Because, I mean, this really goes into detail about, like, what it was like on the ground floor. I mean, there's inter yeah. interviews with Kenner spokesmen um, and, uh, you know, refusing to say how much things cost. And, right. uh, I mean, Kevin's great. Have we had him on the show, Steve? 
Oh, you know, I don't. We haven't had him in like an uh, official interview. There's a chance that he was in one of those celebration episodes, yeah. but we really need to have him on um, just for a proper. Yeah, he's know. he's in the list of of people we've, <laughs> the long list of people that we should talk to. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I don't know. See, what, what's your? Is do you have any part from this article that you find particularly interesting? Oh, there's this one bit about saying how quickly some of these stores were selling out of their figures. So there's this one Thornberry Toys on Shelbyville Road. They got in 144 figures on a Wednesday, and by Saturday they only had eight left. <laughs> wow. And and then this uh, Kmart on the Dixie Highway, they sold out of their 288 figures in two days. So that, I don't know, it seems pretty crazy Like when you think, I think the figures have only been out for just on the shelves for a, a couple months at that point. And I think there was a JC Penny in here that's I think they went through four thousand figures in the matter in a matter of like two months. Something like that. Yeah. It's it's crazy. And yeah, this is from May twenty fifth, nineteen seventy eight. So, you know, this is the, the one year anniversary. Um and, and there's all these cool pictures actually of the uh, uh of the toys in the article. And it's Yeah. Right. This must this might be the first you know, real market watch, you know, because yeah, right. <laughs> I mean, so much of it is all about all the different kinds of things you can get. You know, they have a choice right. of jewelry, necklaces, rings, pins, or bracelets feature Star Wars characters. They can check the day of the week with calendars while at school. They can swap Star Wars bubblegum cards. When they get home, they can take a snack from R2D2 cookie jar before taking out their aggression on R2D2 or Darth Vader punching bag, Dar Darth <laughs> Vader. Then yes. comes playtime and the real choice. Twelve figures of Star Wars characters ranging in size from two and a quarter to four and a quarter inches. X-Wing and TIE Fighters. They can paint posters with a dip dot. Anyway, it's just on and on. <laughs> yeah, it, it's it's like your uh, Gamorrean Guard day in the life, but the actual, <laughs> like every moment is, is covered here. It's It's crazy. Yeah, especially when you realize like, how much early product there really was. And I, that's like one of the best succinct descriptions of, of how kind of nuts it was. Right. It says here at the very end, the Kenner spokesman sees, quote, absolutely no waning, end quote, in the popularity of Star Wars theme. And with at least yeah. one sequel to the movie being planned, Kenner's already working on Star Wars toys for 1979. Yeah. Yeah. It's, man. <laughs> I love the, uh, the mention of the the average prices too. So they're one ninety seven to two ninety nine, and then one one man said he had seen the figures at the airport priced at five bucks. So <laughs> yeah. it's like the, the airport pricing. It was still um, a problem all the way back then. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, and it's cool because there's no interviews with kids or parents. It's not. It's all just like store owners. Yeah. Anyways, right. this is really worth seeing. Um, this is. I mean, there's so many great articles uh, on the Star Wars Collector's Archive blog, um, but this is just a, a treat, um, especially because it, it's, a, it's a rare mixture of nostalgia fix and information. Because uh, yeah, right. you truly learn about the way the toys were sold and what it was like on the ground, uh, more than just your memory. And then it's also, uh, it's also just a, a good connection. Uh, yeah. Well, yeah, I guess uh, I guess the guys from My Morning Jacket were probably buying these Star Wars toys at these stores. You know that band, Steve? I, yeah, I've heard of them. Yeah. You, you know my whole story with them? Uh, Ooh, it's an... I'm, there's, a, there's a faint, faint memory. I don't know if I know the whole story. 
Uh, yeah. I, I might have been married to somebody who was legitimately in love with the lead singer. It was, it, was, it, was, it was actually like a problem. It was like a legitimate problem in my marriage. Um, oh, but, uh, you know, I, I'm supposed to only talk about Star Wars, so uh, I'll only talk about Star Wars here. <laughs> to be fair, he is a very charismatic and great singer. So I, I, yeah, uh, hey. if I were to be in love with any singer, uh, well, it'd be Morrissey. Tis a nugget from the archive. Tis a nugget. Oh my God, they're gorgeous. From the archive. Oh my God, they're gorgeous. Oh, I love you. Well, that abrupt addition of the nugget from the archive sound indicates to you it is time for the nugget from the archive and and just in time steve because i just drug up the etymology of the word skiff um and it's not very <laughs> interesting it means little boat oh. um <laughs> uh, but but right. what is the nugget from the archive steve because you've you've been getting pretty pretty interesting stuff lately uh and this is this is both a nugget and an unloved item. It is. Yeah, it's a, it's a hybrid. Because I don't know what it is. So <laughs> what, what is okay. this, Steve? All right. So what we're talking about is the original artwork for uh, one of the panels for a Return of the Jedi bookcase. And this particular panel uh, is the back, the background of like the top shelf. And what it is, it's an image of Tatooine with the skiff and Weequay kind of prominently in the in the foreground you see Jabba's sail barge in the background um and it's just a it's a artist rendering of, of a kind of common image like that you can see that's that same weekway image that you see on the card back you see it in publicity photos but it's a little tweaked here in in a really interesting way i think yeah because it's it's also the standard it's actually the image of luke yeah the luke the luke as well but right the luke is from the sail barge yeah, so yeah. that's the, so the, the, the game flank's missing. <laughs> right, it's the image of Luke on the sail barge with the green lightsaber, and you see right. Lando skiff in the background. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it looks like they're sort of traveling together because yeah, it's just the three of them. <laughs> they're not really fighting. I mean, Luke doesn't no. look like he's about to stab the weak way in the back. No, it um, looks like they're going on a on like a a raid of their own. <laughs> right. Yeah, and it's just it's just completely unique artwork for the back yeah. of a bookcase. Right. Now I'd never even seen this bookcase before. So really? Oh man. Yeah, this thing's this thing's awesome. I, I've I've never actually seen one in person, but I always tell myself if I like stumbled across one at a garage sale, I would just have to buy it because it's it's really really great. I mean, it's it's from a company called American Toy and Furniture and they're responsible for the good old R2-D2 toy toter. So really? it's like, yeah, yeah. They have a, a whole line of funky kids furniture type stuff. Um, it's, yeah, if you go on the archive and just look up that, that license, American Toy and Furniture, you'll see there, isn't, there aren't images for everything, but there's a, a pretty fun list of, of things on there. Okay, now let's spend some time here, Steve. Because right. I, I've actually now just done this, okay? So okay. a while ago, we talked about the R2-D2 toy toter. And yeah, I don't think yeah. we need to spend any more time on that. You should go back no. to that episode. That was... I it was an that, early unloved item, right? Yes, it was a very early yeah. unloved one. It seems to me that this company, American Toy and Furniture, 
we might want to try to figure out maybe get Duncan on or something and yeah. just break down everything because it seems as though they do mostly original art. Yeah, um, yeah. Because uh, if you look at the artwork for – there's a nightstand. Mm-hmm. Um, and on that nightstand, there's a Jabba's Palace scene with completely unique artwork of Leia Bush with uh, Chewbacca actually in chains. Yeah, um, yeah. There's very few items with Chewbacca in chains. So that's unique artwork from them. Um, there's a uh, desk like to sit at and work. And that mm-hmm. has a different uh, Sarlacc image. You yeah, know, it's not just cut and paste. It's another skiff and another no, yeah, totally another yeah. barge. Totally different, yeah. And then um, my personal favorite, which I just discovered right now, is the Darth <laughs> Vader coat rack. Yes, man. See, that was gonna. I had already pinned that as a future <laughs> unloved item. Okay, yeah, then we'll, then we'll just so save good. that. You should yeah. look at this thing. This is probably the coolest thing I didn't. This is probably the coolest thing I've seen all year. Like, I really didn't know this existed. This yeah. is totally wild. So look yeah. this up. Spend some time. Um, maybe yeah. make yourself an expert on American toy and furniture. And I suppose yeah. this stuff must have been made in America as well. Yeah, I'm assuming so. Um, yeah, you know, I, this this particular piece of art and I, also the original art for that, that desk skip image, they're from the collection of the Bickmore Brothers. And uh, I asked them, I was trying to see if they might have it handy to get a, a better, closer image of it. Because you can tell it's a beautiful piece of art. But the image is, I think you can tell it's, it's been on the archive for a while. It could use a bigger picture. But um, they told me how they got it, which was kind of funny. Um, right. And, and we've had the Bickmores on the show before. Um, yeah. But I'm going to be honest, Steve. I've never understood who they are. Like... <laughs> For as long as I've been collecting, this is what, the 12th year or something like that, I've known that they are really smart people and I know that they know a lot and that they know everybody, but I've never been quite clear, like, what do they collect and yeah. and, and what do they do? And it's only been recently that I'm actually starting to get an idea of it because they've been posting more on Facebook. Um I don't know if you're a part of Echo Base, um, but that's a pretty yeah. good Facebook page. And yes. uh, Mac just showed off his R2-D2 collection, which is just stupid. It is such an awesome collection. Oh, have you I'll seen it? No, I haven't, I haven't seen it yet. Oh, man. I'll, it, I'll check it out. It is outstanding. Um, and so, you know, if you look at pictures from Celebration 1, you know, they're there. Like, they've always been there. But somehow, yeah. I, I don't know if they're, like, maybe they're more famous with, like, older collectors, whatever it is, but but I think they need to be more famous because they might secretly be some of the absolute smartest, most knowledgeable people in the hobby. Um, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I mean, I, I know we've had Alex on because he's, he's famous for uh, uh, having the, the volume broken, the volume dial broken. <laughs> um, I'm, I'm one to talk. But anyway, so, so okay, so we're, we're going back to the, the artwork here. Because, yeah, yeah this yeah. is original, uh, looks like hand-painted artwork from mm-hmm. this, this scene. Um, yeah. So how did they get it, Steve? Um, so Alex told me that they were at a rummage sale in Evanston, Illinois. So they're, they're from the Chicago area. Um, and this is back in 1997. And uh, he was searching around and there wasn't anything in the toy section. But he said that he went up to the gym where the odds and ends and clothes and that kind of stuff was being sold. And he found a guy just holding a giant Death Star painting. And I, I'm assuming... 
it might be the the Death Star image uh, that's from the bookshelf. I'm not sure. Um, regardless, he immediately <laughs> went to go see what was going on with this guy, and he had stacks of art on tables. And he said he didn't even say anything. He just started going through and pulling out all the Star Wars stuff. Right, and, and this is and, why we need to have Alex on the show because he has a very yeah. distinctive voice. Oh, so yeah. when I read this, I'm not going to do yeah. a regular impersonation. be like, I just <laughs> dove in and started pulling Star Wars, Care Bears, Cabbage Patch Kids, Disney Art, all the furniture company. Like that's, that's <laughs> yeah. the, the well, that's, level that's, of which yeah. yeah, I'm becoming a bigger fan of the Big Moors the more I talk about them, Steve. I can't <laughs> wait for Celebration. Yeah, no. Um, that I think that was that was a pretty good. That was the first first crack at that. It's pretty good. Was, was that pretty um, good? Yeah. Right. Um, so yeah, he says that you know he he suspects the Death Star is still somewhere <laughs> in the Evanston area, but um, yeah, they also apparently got. Oh, wait, so they didn't same, get the yeah. Death Star painting? No, no. So they got at least on the archive they have this skiff one and then the the skiff one from the um, the desk and. Uh, yeah, I mean, who knows what else what else was in there? Because um, there's like a whole Ewok line from American Toy and Furniture. I, I'm sure Jared knows a lot about that. Um, right. Yeah. So they they got this from that kind of rummage sale find that was basically the the cache of all bun you know a bunch of artwork from American Toy and Furniture, and uh, and Max sent me a picture that he also got this Care Bears animation cell. And apparently it was a gift to uh, the furniture company from the animation company. And uh, it's just funny because he, he ends his message with, uh, you can save that for your Kivecast Care Pair special in 2082. So. <laughs> well, that might, that might be our, our next um, uh, April Fool's episode, um, <laughs> which, uh, which we'll, we'll talk about at the end of, uh, at the, end of the show. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, this is great stuff, Steve. I mean, it, this is... This is a, this is the perfect unloved nugget. Um, yeah, and yeah. and it is definitely a weak way piece. I'd say I'd say he's the star of it. Um, yeah, because it's on the yeah. skiff. And yeah, uh, I, I just noticed too. I realized like the the Tatooine landscape there. It looks very very episode one to me. I don't. Did you get that when you yeah. look at this? Yeah. And usually with with Tatooine on the old vintage stuff, it doesn't quite look like that in in most cases. At least not that I can remember. But yeah, it's got that. that it won't translate too well to the podcast. Um, no, but you're right. It no. has. Well, actually, what it really looks like is that there's a, a large space of sand, and then there's canyons in the distance, right. and the canyons sort of look like they're that part of the pod race, right? Um, which, uh, you know, the now the people who hate Last <laughs> Jedi are now coming around to liking the prequels, um, <laughs> which is messed. It's like all. It's like everyone like saying they love George W. Bush now. Anyways, uh, except that the prequels are awesome. Always have been. Okay, uh, so yeah, th this is great. Um, you should check it out. You should spend more time uh, because this is the thing, Steve. Even though, you know, the w when did we start the sort of Archive 2.0 initiative? Was that like That's four years ago almost now? Was yeah. it really? The blog's been up for four yeah. years? Yeah, four years in August. Wow. So even though for four years... We've been pushing hard to show more stuff on the archive. Uh, the folks over at the Vintage Rebellion are now doing these, you know, bits from the archive. Uh, Tommy's putting up stuff from the archive on on uh, Facebook. There's still stuff to be discovered just from poking around, just looking yeah. for one thing and looking for another. Um, right. Yeah, and this 
this bookshelf is absolutely it. Wow. Awesome, Steve. Well, uh, well, Susan, with every good thing, there has to be a bad thing. How about the unloved item of the month? <laughs> You don't hate, only the unloved hate. The unloved and the unnatural. The unloved and the unnatural. Okay, Steve. So, uh, uh, did you know what I was saying? Who uh, I was imitating there, Steve? Uh, it, it was definitely ringing a bell, but you're going to have to spell it out for me. Oh, my God. That was the best impersonation I've ever heard. You know, I'm always excited when I'm listening to baseball from the New York Yankees. Oh, well, God. You know. No, no. Yeah, that's, uh, <laughs> we're also getting okay. into baseball later. Yes. Yeah, the Yankees yeah. play-by-play people. On, yes. On okay, now, now, now I, I needed the other one to... Nice. <laughs> All right. They are secretly my favorite broadcasters in America, even though I hate the Yankees. <laughs> I gotta give it up to them. They have personality. Yeah, um, that's true. So, all right, let's talk about something unloved. Now, I don't know if this is unloved, Steve. Yeah, see, I, I thought that by, by going with the bookshelf, I could kind of get a pass on, on sneaking this in there. But you're right. They're not, I wouldn't say they're unloved in the traditional sense. Okay, what are they, Steve? So we're talking about the Weequay Dawn Post mask uh, from 83. Um, so, yeah, Dawn Post masks, I, I wouldn't say those are generally an unloved item, but I, I don't think we'd ever really talked about them before that I, I can no, remember. No, I don't think so. Um, and with this one, I, you know, I, I, th- I feel like I remembered there was a Weequay mask a while, long time ago, but it was a surprise to me to find it while prepping the show. I, I'd totally forgotten about it. Um, but yeah, I just thought that since we hadn't talked about Don Post before, uh, this might be a good chance. Okay. So what do we want to say um, about Don Post, Steve? Well, I'm, I'm well, really making you do a lot of work. To, uh, this hey, month. yeah, it's, it's, it's fine by me. <laughs> um, well, so for the Weekway in particular, well, I guess we should start a little further back, right? So Don Post, they were famous for making monster masks going back to... I think like the I think they were founded in 1938, uh, but through the 60s and 70s they were making monster masks. I know uh, our friend Mark Enright probably knows a lot about Don Post, um, but uh, yeah, so they had the Star Wars license from the early going, and the one I always remember is the the Darth Vader helmet, of course. Um, but they made stuff for the other movies too, and uh, I feel like the Jedi masks are really like your wheelhouse uh don post type characters because they're more like monsters right right and so weekway uh he's pretty freaky looking i don't know this thing is, it just real makes you realize how kind of terrifying weekway is as a guy <laughs> yeah um and i i found this ad that was from starlog uh that was kind of debuting the first wave of the jedi characters let me just pull that up really quick uh, where was that? <clears throat> okay, here we go. Uh, so yeah, this is an ad from Starlog, and it has the the five new masks that were coming out for Return of the Jedi. So it was Weequay, and then you had Akbar, Gamorian Guard, Wicket, and a very bald Klaatu. Yes. <laughs> uh, and what's crazy, I I guess maybe it's not crazy, but I was looking at like the retail prices for these and. Uh, 
the Weequay was actually the most expensive of this lot. He was retailing at fifty four ninety five. Wow. Which, yeah, I mean it's pretty pretty serious. Uh, and that was ten dollars more than the Akbar, which was forty five. Um, and and the the cheapest mask you could get was forty. So yeah, I mean we're I mean this is at least what uh, equivalent of a hundred dollars, if if not more. Um, yeah, and I mean that's I guess that's part of what makes Dom Post masks so interesting is when you can. Do you know why I get confused, Steve? What always would confuse me would be Don Post and Ben Cooper. Yeah, because yeah. they just happen to sound similar as far as names go. <laughs> like yeah, uh, boring names. Like if it was Ben Post <laughs> and Don Cooper, you wouldn't be like, oh, that's so different. Right. Um, but they're really. It's almost like the difference between like uh, like Hasbro and Gentle Giant or something. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it was a totally yeah. different market and a totally different level of quality. So, um, yeah, Don Post was founded in 1938, um, and one of the things they're sort of they were really into the Universal Monster masks. Right, right. So if you ever see those masks, it comes from that. So I think they're kind of wrapped up in that sort of famous monsters of film land and yeah, uh, yeah. Elvira sort of nerd genre subculture. Yeah. Yes, definitely. Um, and so if you – it's cool to imagine them. They must have been so excited when Return of the Jedi came out. And it's like Klaatu, yes. Akbar, absolutely. Because mm-hmm. y- you think about, it, I mean, Vader's pretty boring, and stormtroopers are pretty boring. They're not yeah, at 3PO. all. Three PO. Yeah, yeah. They're not at all what they like. Um, right. Why do you think the Weequay was so much more expensive? I I'm thinking the only thing I can come up with was is the hair braids because there's like five or three or four. There's a handful of hair braids coming out the back of his head, and I guess maybe that. I, I don't really know. Yeah, it must must make it harder to to produce. Manufacture, yeah, yeah. But and, uh, and if you ever want to kind of scare yourself, um, <laughs> look up images of the Weequay Don Post mask on eBay. <laughs> um, I mean, it looks like you can't get them for less than two hundred bucks. No, I, I think this one is is one of the tougher ones to come by. Yeah, um, and it's, I suppose that. Don Post collectors, uh, I, I did. I discovered there have been Don Post conventions. Mm-hmm. Um, so, like Don Don Con. Yes. <laughs> so I imagine there must be people who just track this down. It must be a lot of like cross collecting. Yeah, um, yeah. But yeah, this. I don't know, Steve. This holds up now. I think if you wore this mask now, I don't think you could make a better Weequay mask. No, no. And maybe that's the difference is Ben Cooper stuff. You you can do better. Uh, no offense to uh, to anybody who collects Ben Cooper, but you can do better. Um, but I don't think you can do better. So Yeah, no, I think I think that was the the quintessential weak way. Yeah. And right. It looks like a shrunken head, too. Yeah, he does have that vibe, definitely. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I, I think that's something that I've I never really thought about until I saw until I saw all these crazy masks. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah, and it's interesting too that like the the packaging it was pretty much uniform for everything, and they would just slap a different color or different sticker star with whatever the character's name was on it. So I think that blue Star Wars Don Post kind of generic box it can be found 
I think, throughout the line. Huh. Yeah, it's not a nice box. I don't know. <laughs> um, that's always like, I don't own a, a, a Don Post Chewbacca mask. Oh, see, I was wondering. Yeah. I just, I've never liked that design. Yeah. So, I mean, I don't know. I, I have a pretty good collection of, of costumes, so I should probably, <laughs> I should probably track one of those down now. You probably should. Yeah. And we'll, we'll, we'll keep coming back to Don Post, I think, because uh, yeah. th- this, between Don Post and American desk and toilet, American furniture and toilet, American toilet furniture. Yeah. I think that we're we're finding some great new stuff here as we get to the end of the lines. Yeah. Um, yeah. Although, man, I love Weekly. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Steve. What, what what do we have next here for our crazy pickup episode? Um, I think it's just feedback. All right. Well, let's figure out what kind of weird bullcrap song I put on before feedback. <laughs> because. <laughs> I've never managed to get a song that I like for feedback. (laughs) (laughs) Alright, we're back, Steve, from feedback. First of all, we need to figure out how to centralize our feedback even more. Yeah. <laughs> um, fans of the show will know we used to have the Wampa line. The Wampa line. One eight seven seven pocket Wampa. Um, <laughs> God, Steve, I had all these grand, uh, I had all these grand dreams of what the show was going to be like before I realized how niche it was. Um, <laughs> oh, I thought we were going to, we were going to have like Wampa. lines filled with people waiting to get on the show all the time. <laughs> Um, so, so that didn't work, and I think it's about time we give up on our archivecast at gmail.com address. <laughs> yeah. I, I, th- I think, Steve, okay, this is, this is the deal. I think archivecast at gmail.com will check every once in a while, but probably the best way to get a hold of us really is going to be through the Facebook page. Yeah, yeah, um, I'd, I'd say that's, that's probably the best option. Now, now, maybe you're afraid of going on Facebook because they're going to steal your information, um, I got news for you. Uh, every company has all your information already. It doesn't matter if you're on the internet or not. Uh, we already <laughs> live in East Germany, so don't get precious about yourself, okay? <laughs> you still uh, have to get – yeah, if you need to get in touch with us, <laughs> just let all that go. <laughs> yeah, just let all that go. Um, so that, that that's one thing I would say about feedback. And, um, you know, Steve, I think it's time we talk about uh, – well, you know, I'm going to change the beginning of the show that we did before. So I will say I got some feedback from my dad. <laughs> um, and That's right, yeah. <laughs> I got feedback from my dad about the blog log pod. Yeah. Um, and uh, he doesn't know the difference between a podcast and a blog. He never, never has. So it's like, oh, Skybar, I, I, I liked your blog. Um, but that was really exciting to the point where he asked me to get him – Wonder Bread cards for his birthday next month. Huh. So for awesome. my for my dad's seventy eighth birthday, I'm getting him. I've actually already got it. I just got to figure out where I put it. Um, a full set of the Wonder Bread cards. Uh, uh, but we got a lot of good feedback from that episode. Um, I really like it. It's just being a simple, straightforward, positive, uh, and just sort of exhaustive um, little mini episode. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and then also since then, Steve, we had 
the 2018 April Fools episode. <laughs> okay. The Polish the Polish cast. <laughs> yes, the Polish cast. Okay, so this is what happened, okay? We thought it'd be funny because we always talk about interviewing Tommy if we actually just interviewed his sister. Now, Tommy's sister, if you listen to the episode as it's up now, is uh is really a fascinating woman and she actually also collects travel posters and she's a lot like Tommy just in the yeah. way that she yeah. has a lot of interest and she's really smart and well-spoken and funny and all that stuff. Um, so that seemed like a good gag. And then the fact that she collected nail polish seemed good, but Steve, I don't even think that we had the polish Polish joke already. Did we? I don't think so. No, I, no. Think, I think I came up with that after we recorded it. Yeah, um, that, that was, yeah, that was, Either right at the end or, yeah, it was kind of on the fly. Right. So the whole thing was that I, you know, the joke that I put on the feed was Polish collectibles and the <laughs> great Garvey interview. Yeah, that, that was definitely cooked up after the fact. Now, that is entirely accurate. It was about Polish collectibles and it was about the great Garvey interview. Yeah. Um, so if you go to our feed, you can still listen to it now. Um, I put it up there as one of our top 20 episodes. I, I really enjoy it. Um, I, I do want to branch out and interview more collectors about other things that they collect. Yeah. I, I just think it's interesting. And if it doesn't it have is, to do yeah. Star Wars and, and if you don't like it, then you don't have to listen. Uh, but I, I, I love it. I, I, wanted to, I want to talk to people who collect tiki's and you know orange crates and you know, tape dispensers, all that. Um Maybe not tape dispensers. <laughs> so then the other thing that happened was the sound quality got really bad. Yeah. Yeah. That was a, that was a bit of a nightmare. <laughs> and so while I was recording it, I thought, well, wouldn't it be funny if I just made this episode as psychotic as possible? So there is a version of this podcast that you cannot find on the feed. You can only find it by going to the direct link. And I've basically kept that address secret. You can ask me if you want. Um, did you listen to it, Steve? I did. Yeah, I listened to it. Uh, I think April Fool's was Sunday. Right? I think I listened to it on Monday morning at work. <laughs> what did you think of it? <laughs> uh, it was uh, it was a very interesting experience. I'll say that <laughs> trying to process and and pick it apart. Some things I I, I had headway with, and others I really didn't. <laughs> so, I, I was just really goofing around with like yeah, all these yeah. soundscapes and I, yeah. yeah I, I did this. So thing. what is that? What is that Bollywood bit that you that you were? <laughs> so there's some Bollywood song, and I don't know why it's on my computer. Okay, see, I was just, I was driving myself mad trying to figure out, is this something I, is this completely random, or what is this? Like, <laughs> now, there's a chance that it's a song that was sampled in a rap song, and that I uh, found it, and that that's uh, why I have it, so there's a chance okay. that it's in a Kanye song. Yeah. But I don't know, it's this really weird Bollywood song. Okay. And then I thought it'd be funny if I mixed in your blues by the Beatles, um, <laughs> which we'll get into. This ended up having a lot to do with the feedback of it. Um, and then... And then this, what happens, Steve? It, it, okay, so I'm also really into the Van Morrison album, Astral Weeks, okay? Yeah. It's yeah. the 50th anniversary of it coming out. And, and when he recorded it, like all the lyrics, they sort of make sense, but not quite. Mm -hmm. And he wrote them, but also sort of didn't. Like it was kind of stream of consciousness. So I was putting <laughs> these things together, 
And looking back at it, it actually is a cohesive story. So I mix it together, but then I, but then the thing that comes out on top of those two songs is the Logan Paul, who's this YouTuber who recorded someone uh, committing suicide in Japan. And it's his like online apology. And, oh, and that's what that is. Okay. I, I'm fascinated yeah. with the online apology. And, but it, it makes sense because that's the point where the episode goes off the rails. And yeah, so yeah. Okay. That's why I put that in there. But I didn't, okay. I, at the time, I just thought this is funny. I didn't actually do it on purpose. And then there's this whole like undercurrent of all these themes of loneliness and suicide, which actually <laughs> infiltrate the whole thing. I don't really know why I was thinking about that. I guess I was lonely while I was recording it. Um, and then later, like I had this whole interview with Groucho Marx, which is just one of my favorite right. interviews with Dick. Yeah, Cavett. yeah, I'd heard, I'd heard that before, and I, I recognized that. Yeah, uh, and okay. I just, and just things just kind of mixed together. And then at the end, I ended it with Ted Williams talking about baseball. Right, right. And I realized that was me trying to end the show the way we normally end it, talking about baseball. <laughs> but like, I wasn't thinking that, Steve. That's what's so messed oh, up yeah. about it. Yeah, in the middle that, that is. <laughs> In the middle of all that, I also had like a whole bunch of uh, French language. Uh, right, like uh, in, that's what I was. Yeah, instructional. Yeah. Right, and that was like kind of criticizing me and my obsession with language and the minutia oh, that, that I go in there. And then in the other channel, I had like medieval uh, choral music. Um, anyway, <laughs> and then in the I, 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 yeah, I was just trying to envision you doing this, and it, it, it was it was a slightly scary image. <laughs> <laughs> I could, yeah, I don't know, but uh, now, now that you're kind of explaining the pieces that I was missing, it, it, well, well, it makes a lot more sense. Because it gave me free reign, because I said multiple times, do not listen to this. <laughs> don't listen. Like, don't. don't. Listen. Like, this is all a joke, and nothing good is going to come of it. And I was serious, except I know that some people who listen to the show, not a lot, but some people who listen to the show are really on board with the way that we do things. You know what I mean? Um, and and some are on board whenever I do these weird things, you know? Um, so I just thought, why not go completely into this? You know, I put the entire song Angel Eyes, but I put it with this weird sound effect on it where it was like this high-pitched voice. Um, just complete, sort of, complete fugue state. <laughs> yeah, complete fugue state. And then with like minutes and minutes upon minutes of silence. Um, did you hear the whisper track, Steve? Uh, yes. So I put a whisper track in there with like a, a weird Easter egg and a couple people have, have cashed in the Easter egg. Yes, right. Um, that's over now that I've talked about it. Um, so yeah. Anyway, but I got a lot of positive feedback and a lot of negative feedback, Steve. Um, multiple people said to me, Sky, this is like the White Album. You've got to stop. <laughs> now, first of all, Steve... Being like the White Album is one of the greatest compliments you can give an artist. I mean, it's not my favorite Beatles album because, you know, Revolver exists, but yeah. it may be my second favorite Beatles I, album. I, yeah, it's up there for me too. It is so good. And on top of that, it's like, I think people were saying that because I put your blues in the mm -hmm. background and like the weird sort of state I was trying to get people in while listening to it, the sort of psychotic state, I think that influenced them. They're, they're drawing, drawing that connection. Yeah. Drawing that connection. Um, I got one message saying, you got to break up with Yoko. And my response was, I am Yoko. Like in this situation, <laughs> I can't break up with myself. Now, Steve can break up with me. That's, that's fine. Um, but, but I, you know, yeah. So... <laughs> 
that was the, the debacle yeah. of the of the April Fool's episode. Yeah. Um, it may have been the most fun I've had since like that. That was a lot of fun. I mean, good. See that that that's all that really that's all that really matters, right? <laughs> I guess um, you know that, that's the other bit. You know, where every a couple times a year, Steve and I. Okay, I have a crisis about the show, like trying to wonder, are we doing things right? Um, yeah, it, it's, eh, yeah, I guess it had been a little while, right? Yeah. <laughs> so we're changing the name. Uh, <laughs> we're going to change it to, 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 to Steve's uh, vintage um, toys collecting the archive with Sky and, and people. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. This is a call to all of the Photoshop people. It's all right. It's okay. Please make a logo for our new name. Thank you. Once again, that's called Steve's uh, Vintage um, Toys Collecting the Archive with Sky and, and People. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's all right. It's okay. Once you, once you, I think at this point, when you hear the the Weequay story coming together, you're gonna feel better. I, I, I really am hopeful for that. Oh no, no, <laughs> this this episode I think is gonna be good. Um, it's just gonna be a pain to edit because it was like three oh, weeks ago that we talked about everything. That's true. Yeah. I I may have a little sound from the I, I will say it got stuck in my head for sure. <laughs> I mean, I just <laughs> one section of the. But, yeah, at one point I got confused for a second. It sounded like when I heard it one way, it sounded like it was saying Katie Garvey. Oh my <laughs> so god! Like, no, no, no. It, it started. I had to like talk myself out of that. I think I, I was probably like twenty minutes in at that point. I'm like, okay, wait, let's stop. <laughs> oh, that's funny. <laughs> Yeah, but I, and I also think too we haven't really done feedback a lot, and, and you know maybe we can put more of this sort of random garbledygook talking, not necessarily about Star Wars toys in the feedback area. Um, just you know, or not doesn't matter. Um, oh wait, we were gonna talk about Polish bootlegs. Uh, we we could sure it it shouldn't take too long if we do a crash course. Um, just because there were there were a few weak way bootlegs in there it's up yeah. to you we, that, that's uh, to me it's i don't think it's necessary it was just something I'd, I'd thrown in as a as a potential there's other characters with good with good polish bootlegs right yeah but we, we could definitely like when we get into biker scout or whatever we can we can yeah yeah oh biker scout we should have john alvarez on yes yes and he can talk about polish bootlegs yes oh there you go. perfect Yes, because part of the idea was on this episode we were going to correct the Polish thing with the Polish thing. Um, <laughs> but we'll talk about Polish bootlegs when we get John Alvarez uh, on to talk about the Biker Scout because um, he is the Wooten of the Biker Scout. Yeah, yep. But Biker Scout is not next, Steve. No, no, wasn't it? It was Squidhead, wasn't it? I actually, I forget. I knew three weeks ago. <laughs> yeah, I did too. I think it is Squidhead. Oh, God, what are we going to talk about Squidhead? Hey, it's gonna be all right. It's gonna be okay. What? What? Oh God, Steve, Squidhead! <laughs> Don't panic yet. <laughs> Squidhead, we're gonna need help, Steve. Maybe we should just like have all new, like all people we've never talked to before, just come on and just scream Squidhead into the microphone. 
<laughs> there's there's a half good, half bad idea there. <laughs> uh, oh man. Uh, awesome. Well then uh, uh come back and join <laughs> join us for the next episode, which is sure to be great as I've as I uh, denigrate it. Um <laughs> Yeah, awesome. Well, I'll get to uh, editing this. I have to give a talk in Pittsburgh uh, next weekend. Oh. So hopefully I'll get this edited before then, but I have okay. to do that. I'm, I'm going to be uh, seeing Bill Cable and Ross Barr. Oh, good. Okay. Yeah, so that would be kind of a fun thing. Yeah, good deal. Yep. Uh, how about you, Steve? Anything good going on with you? Uh, nothing too too exciting. Um, no, nothing like that. Just uh, home improvement projects. <laughs> ah, Okay. Like, yeah. like maybe uh, improving your your phone situation. Yeah, that that I keep trying and it just doesn't seem to get any better. No. <laughs> uh, yeah. Sorry about that. Well, I do think there's one last thing to talk about, Steve. Yeah, it's one of those things that's still not quite feeling right just yet. <laughs> so, Kivecast listeners, there's been one consistent thing. At the end of every episode. When there's baseball season, we talk about baseball and our fantasy baseball teams. And I can tell you the people who are happy about it, nobody. No, but that's the universal truth. And I can tell you who cares about it, not us. So <laughs> uh, let's see how things are going right now uh, in the uh, fantasy baseball league. It's only been a weekend, and Steve is in 10th out of 11th place. Hey, hey not last. Not last, and I'm I'm in uh, seventh, so um, not not it's particularly early. good, but not not it's, terrible it's either. It's early. It's early. Um, <laughs> considering the fact that my ace pitcher Bumgarner got injured like a week after the draft, basically that sunk my entire season. <laughs> um, so that's that's pretty rough. And then I just decided to just draft all Red Sox. Yeah, that's that's a new tactic for you. Um, well, because. It, I love watching baseball, but fantasy baseball messes up the way you watch it. It does, yeah. So if I could just root for every player on my team, I don't care if I lose fantasy baseball because <laughs> you know, every time Xander Borgards gets a hit, it makes me happy. You know, So, yeah, that, that was my plan. All right. Well, good, Steve. I think that is just about enough of that nonsense. Oh. Which is good because your phone dropped out again. You and your home improvement. I swear. Are you going to get back on this phone call? I think you might. Because we, we were just about to, We were just about... Ghost? <laughs> All right, Steve. So literally it's the very end. I've been trying to call you back now for a couple minutes. You figure <laughs> out what you're doing there uh, and, the, and the Eagles testes. Uh, <laughs> and we'll get back to Squidward next month. All right. All right. Wampa Wampa. Adios. <laughs> slim, slow, slider. Horse you ride. And white as snow. Slim, slow, slider. Horse you ride. If white as snow. Tell it everywhere you go <laughs> Saw you walking 